So today my schedule was kind of half open and I had this idea in my head like, oh man, I just finished editing this first video. I'm going to edit the, the podcast for Friday. Instead, mm-hmm. instead of editing Friday, I'm going to edit it today and then I, I'll have time to do stuff on Friday. And then I realized, oh yeah, we haven't filmed the podcast yet. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to match your energy from <laughs> previous intros, and then you went classic with it. I know, I know. Oh man, you tricked me, Steve. Old news. No, no, you gotta, you gotta introduce yourself. Oh, hey everyone, I'm Ryan, and I'm Steve, and this is Sixty Cycle. I'm the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. This is the Rocky theme. No, you're doing it really well. Yeah, everyone can tell. Of course, we're doing the Rocky theme because there was a huge showdown in the music and entertainment industry. <laughs> in this corner, 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 corner. Weighing in at who cares because he's old as hell and barely alive. Live, 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 live. <laughs> the fourth member of that hippie group where the only other relevant member is the guy whose name I forgot that tried to take on Phoebe Bridgers and look like an ass on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. David Crosby, that's who it is. Right, right. This is a really long intro to the topic, Steve. In old news this episode, it was fresh news when we recorded this, but it's being published and in this two, two weeks later. Neil Young versus Joe Rogan. Who freaking cares? Like, this is the most stupid story of, like, two sides that I don't care about at all and i don't care what happens at all but we're going to talk about it it's probably already happened and over like what as it the, already happened the day of recording this it already kind of happened as but of, maybe more of, stuff will happen as of today spotify has said that they are giving they are deleting all of neil young's music from their servers because neil young came out and said if Spotify doesn't get rid of Joe Rogan and all his false information about COVID and stuff like that, then I want my music taken off of Spotify. And I'm just like, get rid of them both. Why not both? Get rid of them both. I don't care. Like, I, if yeah, I want to listen. This is what Neil Young said. I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them. Please act on this immediately today and keep me informed of the time schedule. Then he said, uh, I want you, I want you to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all of my music off their platform. They can have Rogan or young, not both. So this is about, you know, Joe Rogan. He, he wants his, Joe Rogan's position is that if you're healthy, you should you shouldn't. If you're healthy, you can get vaccinated if you want, but you probably don't need it. But if you're not healthy or you're old, then you should get vaccinated. That's his, his official position. Don't care it's, what his position is. All like I don't care yeah. about Joe Rogan at all. I don't care about people. Well, I don't care. I don't care about the opinions of people that like him at all. Hey Ryan, like, have you ever uh, have also, you ever like, tried uh, MDMA? I also what, What's the drug he always does? M- it's, not, it's not MDMA. Uh, he's on mixed martial arts. Is that the drug he's on? That's a t- <laughs> MMA. 
What's the? Is no. that what you're talking about? MMA? No. What's the no, uh, DMA or something like DMT? DMT. DMT. So, uh, my side with with Neil Young, it's like all sorts of big famous musicians should pull their music from Spotify because Spotify sucks for musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Like every, you know, every big artist should be looking at Spotify and like, Oh, I guess it's nice to have my music played somewhere, but damn 20 million plays last week. And I got paid $37. I'm going to pull all my music until they, you know, yeah, so, some, pay artists better. Like somebody that made that should... same joke that like, Oh, Neil Young's really going to miss that $40 check. Right. No, I'm sure he's probably actually pulling in like four grand a month or whatever yeah. with all his plays. But in, you know, for his bank account, he probably d- won't miss it. He won't notice. I'm sure he's fine. I'm yeah. sure he's totally fine. Uh, and you know, if he's getting that many plays to get that sort of money from Spotify, I'm sure he has a vast amount of other income streams from his music that are paying him much, much better. Um, but like this whole thing is like, I could care either way, pull them both. And also like, well, kind of like Joe Rogan has an exclusive contract with Spotify. I know. So. I know. Neil, but, Neil Young's actually Neil Young. I was reading about this too. Originally, Neil Young didn't allow Spotify to have access to his music because they're, uh, they're, audio factor, uh, form factor, what's the word? Uh, file factor, file form, uh huh, whatever the hell it's called. Right. Right. Was like file format was, wasn't good enough. Like they, it wasn't a high quality, like a high enough quality. So he was like, he wanted his music basically to be available as like lossless or whatever. Most people are listening on their phone speaker, Neil, it's going to be okay. So, well, I guess you can go to his website and listen to all of his music in like high fidelity, like whatever, whatever format that he prefers. Sure. So there's, there's always going to, you know, there should always be sources of music that gives you the, you know, whatever format that you want, whatever quality that you want. But online streaming services is, is never going to provide that. Because they need to, you know, they need to have their 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 servers not overheat and melt. Yeah. What know? was the show that Joe Rogan was on? Was it like Newsweek or News News Radio? Was he on News Radio? I don't know if he was on News Radio, but I know that he was on Fear Factor. Yeah, he was the host for Fear Factor. Was he on News Radio? I think it was News Radio. It was one of those like '90s sitcoms. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if he was on that. Yeah. I don't. And also, I keep seeing people be like. Oh, Joe Rogan's just a comedian. He's never made me laugh. <laughs> Jeez. I don't think, you know, I think his podcast thing is as it far kind of like outpaces us calling him a comedian. He's a podcast host. He is a person of influence. And I kind of get Neil Young's take. Like, I don't like that I'm on the same platform as this person that is spreading disinformation that I like. Like, I think that's, significant in a way and like for people to be dismissive and like oh he's just a comedian is he really though like he his, yeah. his, uh, this other thing that he does it's not really comedy it's an interview show it's not really comedy and it has a much greater influence than his comedy ever has oh, I'm sh- and I, ever I, will i think he is if not the number one like podcaster on the planet like he's definitely in the top five sure sure but then, like, another angle to look at this is they host all kinds of podcasts. Right. Spreading all kinds of disinformation. 
Yeah, why are you picking on Joe Rogan? I'm pretty sure little Joe Rogan over there. I'm pretty sure we're on Spotify, right? We are on Spotify, and we say stuff wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah, I wish Neil Young would pick on us. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine if Neil Young picked on us? I'd we be should so just start. Honored. We should just start ending all. Every, start playing a Neil Young song at the end of every podcast until we get a cease and desist from Neil, Neil Young. I want you to come out and say, I refuse to be on any platform that also hosts 60 Cycle on. This is trash. They're spreading misinformation. They claim to love Fuzz, but I love Fuzz so much more than them. <laughs> You're going to be know. out of a job. Like, I get, I get the position that Neil's coming from. I get the position that Spotify is coming from where they're obviously going to choose Joe over Neil. Why, yeah. what, why wouldn't they? They have a massive contract, and I'm sure he's hugely profitable for them. Oh, uh, yeah. But this being a news thing is frustratingly stupid to me because it's like this This is one of those things like it could have been an email and no one had to know. Like you would have found <laughs> out by like, oh, I'm going to look up uh, I'm gonna look up a Neil Young song. Hmm, can't seem to find it on Spotify. I guess I'll go over to YouTube, Pandora, Apple, Apple Music. Music. I'll just Google it. Probably title. I'll find it somewhere because if I can't find it on Pi- Spotify. Pirate Bay. Is that still a thing? If Pirate Bay. I'm looking for it. I can find it because I'm on the internet. Kazaa. LimeWire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The problem with the problem with looking for Neil Young songs on LimeWire is sometimes you get uh, Leonard Skinner songs instead. And that's just a troubling, re- troubling mix up. <laughs> That's not the mix up you want to have. I remember those those that that era of peer to peer file sharing, where it's like I, my thing was like I was always trying to find uh, new Weird Al songs I hadn't mm-hmm, heard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what people were doing that during that time is they would take any song that was remotely humorous and just tag it Weird Al. Oh yeah, and so I'd be like, oh here's a here's a long file name that says Weird Al, and I'll download this, and it'll be some. Like person you've never heard of before recording in their bathroom with a Tascam tape recorder singing awful things about awful stuff. Oh my gosh. And it's like, this is not Weird Al. You can't you can't just say Weird Al because you think it's funny, because it's not it's not what I'm looking for. I never found one of those, but I'm pretty sure for uh, for a while uh I thought Dr. Demento and Weird Al were the same person because of Right. Uh, I mean they're, close, I mean, they're closely they're associated. Of, they are associated, but like Right. You know things like that. Um, you know, there was there was one tr- there was one track. I wish I could remember what it was. Uh, that was like, I think I feel like uh, who were the was it uh, who are the crank callers? Uh, 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 jerky boys. Was it jerky. I think jerky boy stuff would get labeled as weird out. Yeah, totally. Um, there was another one. That, uh, Roy D. Mercer. That's who I was thinking. Right, of. Roy right. D. Mercer stuff would get labeled as weird out. A wild time. Yeah, yeah. My my dad got into like peer to peer like downloading stuff for a while. He'd sit on his laptop and like download songs, and he'd be playing some song, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is this is my favorite Stevie Ray Vaughan song." My dad, like, you should. This is Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> like, what? You were you were alive when these songs came out. <laughs> you heard them come out come out on the radio. Like how how are you being fooled by this incorrect title right now? Like these people are people that you should know, Dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was always. He's like, well, it says right here that it's Steve Ray Vaughn. I was like, <laughs> yeah, people can change the file names. That was the thing with a lot of uh, a lot of 
bands that did like a lot of indie bands and whatever that did like split album or split EPs. Right. So like each band would put out like three songs and someone would rip the entire EP and just credit all of it to one band. So you download the whole thing and you'd be listening to it and be like, why do the first three songs on this EP sound like a different singer than the other right, three right. songs? This is I will say wild time. during that time, I found a lot of recordings that I'm not sure I'll ever be able to find again. Like I found a we've we're on a wildly different topic yeah, now. I found fine. like a bunch of like um uh like presidents of the United States of America like demo tracks mm, mm-hmm. and like unreleased things. I'm sure it exists somewhere, but it might have been like bootlegs or something like that. Oh, yep, and then yep. there was like this huge collection of like commercial jingles that Chris Ballou had done that I found online and I I've lost all that stuff over the years. Like I got rid of it or I, it got lost to some folder that I didn't know where it was or something. Yeah. And there was, there's a lot of tracks that I found during that time that I don't, I don't know how I'd even find them now. I'm sure they're out there. The truth is out there. <laughs> I'm sure the quality is just awful by this point. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I would always go through and they you would let you sort, uh, songs by or sort the files by their uh, bit rate. Yeah. And I would always sort from sl- like lowest to highest and then pick something like towards the lower half of the, of that. Like, I think I just wanted everything at like 128. Right. And anything that was above 128, I was just like, it's going to take too long to download. Yeah. Like, this MP3 is 10 megabytes. I cannot wait two hours for that (laughs) i used to so i used to do all my downloading when i was at school at college and all the college computers ran off zip drives which were 100 megabyte yeah like yeah thick floppy disks that we put into drives and sometimes they would crash and be a big problem and it was always a great excuse for like oh sorry my zip drive crashed i can't turn in my project today and the teacher would be like okay it does happen more often than it should, I guess I have to believe you because <laughs> it would happen. But um, I would keep on one of my zip drives the entire software for like LimeWire or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And so I would have it on the drive. I would copy paste it to a computer and then boot it up and then start the download of like a couple tracks while I'm sitting there working in computer lab for like an hour. Yeah, I'd be able to download in an hour like three songs or whatever, and then scrap <laughs> the whole thing and and drop the 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 songs onto the zip drive. Right, <laughs> and I slowly worked up like a song collection doing that. And you're like, I gotta pick my song or my project. And also back in the day, like you could just copy paste the entire program photoshop and illustrator and indesign <laughs> and stuff like that each one would be about 15 megabytes right. and i think my first day of college i grabbed like three pieces of software and brought them home all on one zip drive those those programs they do basically the same stuff like the core elements are are still there and those are like three terabyte oh my gosh no they're not that big but they're huge yeah they're huge pieces of software now like why are they so bloated now when I used to be able to run Photoshop 10 and it was a 15 megabyte file somehow, you know, you know, what's a bummer is do you remember celebrity deathmatch? Yeah. I wish celebrity deathmatch oh, still existed. Perfect for this, for this to circle back to Joe Rogan and Neil Young. Um, my, I think my closing thoughts on that mm-hmm. is if you take any sort of serious life advice from Joe Rogan, you deserve whatever happens to you. You're dumb. I'm sorry. You're stupid. <laughs> Jeez. 
And anyone that's upset about Neil Young leaving Spotify, if you care about music at all, you should root for every major artist to leave lose Spotify until they figure that out and start paying people better. Start like paying people a better cut. Because Spotify is wealthy beyond belief. They are making money. Mm-hmm. They're not distributing it to the artists that cause them to make money. And it's messed up. I mean, a lot of online streaming stuff is messed up, but we should all be rooting for all the major artists to, to pull their stuff from all those streaming sites so that the streaming sites have to pay for the major artists and then they'll have to pay the minor artists and all the indies, you know, similar scale, you know. There you go. That's my take. Be mad about it, but be mad in a different direction. All right, we're going to change things up a little bit. We talked about this before. No one's going to notice. Just do it. All right. Uh, this is a part of the show where we do housekeeping. If you'd like to support this program where we talk about uh, down- downloading files from the internet for 15 minutes interspersed with random pot shots at Neil Young and Joe Rogan, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast where for as little as $1 a month, you can uh, help make this dream a reality for all of you people out there. All right, this first ad was Oh, sent. and if you want to send us anything, here is the address right here. We have a P.O. box. I have a personal rule. If I'm sent a T-shirt and it fits me, I'm going to wear it in a video. I'm just saying, get wild and crazy. If you want to send me a wild and crazy shirt, I'll wear it. I did this years and years back, and someone sent me a green ruffled oh, yeah. pirate shirt, and I wore it in a video. I'll do that again. I don't care. I don't care at all. I'll wear whatever you send me. So <laughs> This ad was sent by Craig Breslin. This is an Epiphone, Flying Vigothic, Matt Black. An Epiphone, Flying Vigothic, uh, had a fair bit of use, but in perfect working condition. As you can see in the photos, it's fairly road-worn. It's got a few bangs and scrapes. Looks awesome on stage, though, and would look even better hanging on a wall. Collection from Old Street or Camden Town. Either can be arranged. No case or bag included. This is a 250-pound guitar in London. Uh, I, I think someone on the original post about this pointed out that the fretboard looks very, very dry. Yeah. And, yeah, I have a feeling that's going to soak up a whole bottle of fretboard conditioner. <laughs> it looks desert, dusty, dry, but I don't see any big cracks or anything like that. So I'm sure it's fine. It just needs a little bit of a, of oil on there, but 250 pounds. It's got some road wear on it. It's got some battle damage. Mm-hmm. What's 250. Is that like 350 right now? In my head, be. the pound is pretty strong. I don't think it is as strong as you think it is. I think it might be pretty on par with the dollar. 250 is 335 US dollars. I guess you got pretty close. Well, I still feel like that's a fairly decent price. I there weren't yeah. there weren't any on Reaver, but I was able to pull up the price history, and it looks like they float average in between four and four hundred and fifty. Yeah. With a couple peaks at 550 and whoa, one went for 600 and one went for as low as 300. So that's kind of the extreme range. So this is definitely a fair price, I think. I think it's a fair price. I always looked at these like, yeah, it's a gothic matte black flying V. But in reality, 
it's a it's a few couple easy component swaps away from looking however the hell you want yeah. it to look. The biggest thing that I know a lot of people like about the these ones is that uh, they don't have any inlays, and yeah. some people really like that. I think it's a really fun, clean look. Like you don't have to treat it like a gothic sort of like dark, spooky instrument. It's it's a flying V. I know. heard if you play anything other than like Bauhaus and The Cure on one of these guitars, you'll die. Like all you have to do is swap the pit guard for a white pit guard, and you're like eighty percent of the way there towards a classic looking flying V. Yeah. <laughs> but I look they, at, you'd have to rename this model the Epiphone Lenny Kravitz V. <laughs> if this was local and it was two hundred and fifty dollars, not three hundred and twenty pounds or whatever, for two hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks, I'd be looking at it. You know. And you know you could still you could still negotiate yeah if you're in Pound Town. Jeez. Is that what we'll call it from now on, Pound Town? <laughs> yes, the entire United Kingdom is, is now Pound is now Town. Pound Town. <laughs> Jeez, I hope that sticks. Louise, everyone who listens to the Guitar Nerds podcast, go over there and start calling it Pound Town. <laughs> Don't tell them why. Just be like, hey, how's things going on over there in Pound Town? First, first we're calling it the the squid. <laughs> now it's Pound Town. But you know, like you get a peak of the wood there, and it looks like it looks like decent mahogany. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. And like you could strip this. Where did where that weapon go? You had that weapon from last oh, yeah. episode. It's back here. Put it back there. That weapon pick. Oh no, not the weapon pick. The weapon that you were gonna you were gonna lock in and the freaking sharpie. Oh. <laughs> So say you can take a sharpie and and fix this real yeah, quick. But I'm saying like it looks like there's like some decent looking mahogany under there. You could strip the paint off this. Weren't these like five hundred bucks originally? No, probably maybe not. I'm guessing they were probably six hundred, maybe six ninety nine. That's my guess. Be nice if I could spell epiphone. Epiphany. I mean the current. Gibson Epi- flying v- or Epiphone flying V's are nine hundred. That's not this one. Epiphone Goth fifty eight is that is this the same one? Oh, that has a Floyd Rose. What? Yeah. No, I think that this could be a candidate for stripping the paint off the body, and you get yourself a really attractive looking uh, uh, mahogany flying V, and change the hardware, whatever you want. I'm I'm just looking at this like it's mod bait. For yeah. sure. They don't have a picture of the lower side of the horn or of the of the wing. I'm wondering if it has that skid guard foam piece on it. I don't know if I'm familiar with that. It's a little thing that's on the, the lower wing of the so you can put it on your leg and it keeps your huh. keeps it from sliding off your leg. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's a cool looking guitar for not a lot of money. Someone's gonna get it. Yeah, somebody should get it. It does say rubber grip does have rubber grip strip on underside of body. It does. There you go. And apparently there was a version with the uh, with the with the Floyd Rose, but this one isn't isn't that one. Right, this right. one's the hardtail. All right, you want to do a sponsor? Yeah, this episode we do. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Big Ear Pedals. <laughs> They've what got something. They got something new coming out real, real, real soon. I think this week. So go follow them on all their socials. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel and various other channels. 
that are likely going to cover this brand new. I great have big heard thing. that this brand new thing, which has been very hush hush, I heard it it might revolutionize the pedal industry. What? That's that's the rumor. Are you saying that this will fulfill the prophecy? The chosen one. <laughs> Finally, the pedal to fulfill the pedal prophecy. Oh my gosh! No, I, I, we still don't know what it is. We still haven't opened our boxes, but it's it's been promised to us that it's going to blow our little brains at the back of our little heads and out our little ears, gross, and dri- and dribble down our little noses onto our little lips and chins because it's just going to melt every part of our brains. So be on the lookout for this hot new product from Bigger Pedals. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. Hey, what's what's new, man? What's new? My beard is getting so long. You guys see how big and beautiful my beard is? I don't know. I don't have anything new. <laughs> uh, I got I got a question for you. Uh huh. Have you seen the episode of Book of Boba Fett that came out today? Oh, you mean the one that came out two the, weeks ago? A recording day. Yeah. No, I have not seen oh. it. It's I. I've been seeing people talk about it. Have you seen it already? Yeah, I watched it this morning. You watched it this morning before you went to work? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. Well, because I knew I was coming here, so I was like, I don't... I, when I go <laughs> you home... You watched it this morning because you knew you were coming here. Yeah. Well, because I knew, like, if I wait till... uh, Like, if I don't watch it in the morning, then I'm probably not going to have time to watch it anyway. Okay, okay. That's, that's what I mean. All right, all right. Uh, uh, famously... I have been critical of Boba Fett, and I was critical of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people saying this episode is good and great. Andy no. Ferris said that it's got got wizards going on. No, there's a there's a a line in there where one of the characters says something about like, "Oh, that's wizard," <laughs> and I think that was a throwback to like a uh, something from like episode one. All right. Uh, like Star Wars uh, Phantom Menace, where like one of the little kids says like, oh, that's wizard. I guess. That's what somebody said. All right. So are, you're, you're saying that it's not good, that it won't, I, it is, won't, it the, won't change my mind about this anything. This is what I think about this, and I'll try to do this in a way that's not spoilery. Okay. I think this episode is fine. All right. It's just fine. This is fine. And I think the fact that everybody thinks this episode is good really just goes to show how much this show is bad. It is pretty bad. What I've seen so far is pretty bad. Now, here is my challenge, I'll say. Mm. There are some individually like very cringe George Lucasy elements of the fact that like the people who get body mo- like cybernetic body modifications are called the mods and ride around in space vespas. So that's very George the epi- Lucas. Writing. The episode I I watched last week had like Matrix techno music going yeah. on, like yeah. 1990s style. Oh, here's like techno cyberpunk music, yeah. guys, and it was so distracting. And it's like it was it was weird. It was, it was not weird. not a good fit for a Star Wars property. Um, and there's all sorts of moments like that through this show and Mandalorian that have just they seem out of place. Very out of place, and like I, I'm fine with Star Wars growing and becoming something different, but I feel like this is the wrong direction. I kind of feel like 
It there, feels there, like I, I actually think there are elements of Book of Boba Fett where if you if you tried to make the same argument that you made with Mandalorian, like oh, it's a space western, I actually think there are certain episodes or parts of certain episodes that are better space western than Mandalorian was. The same arguments. I also think that the people who, uh, I suspect that if the people who are watching Book of Boba Fett right now and say, "Man, this is rough." go back and watch the first five episodes of Mandalorian. They're going to be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there were huh. episodes of Mandalorian where I legitimately was like, this might as well be a, an episode of Xena, the warrior princess, the way this is <laughs> written and acted the way the background actors are acting, the way the sets are put together. Like this is like nineties mid Saturday camp. Yeah, you know, mid Saturday broadcast TV camp going on here. Why are people gaga over this when it's like this show has a humongous budget? Yeah, with one of the biggest media companies ever to exist, putting their full back behind it, and it's like this is the best take you got. Mm-hmm. This is the best like background actors that you could get. Like you're spending so much money on computer graphics and puppets and, and all that stuff. The the way it looks is amazing, but the acting and the writing is garbage. And why it doesn't have to be. So I'll just say this last thing. This world is full of talented (laughs) writers and actors. Like, why aren't you hiring? Well, they're get the, the people that are get, they're getting to direct these things. You know, this is, I know it's John Favreau. It's Dave Filioni. It's the, it's the guys who, you know, saved franchises and, right. you know, Dave Filoni is the guy who wrote, uh, was, uh, I think he wrote like a bunch of, of, uh, clone wars. Like, are they, all in- that stuff. are they intentionally making it bad? Like, what is the excuse? Like, I don't get it. So, like, honestly, my favorite part of each episode is the concept art during the credits. Right. I like, usually I skip look, that part. I look at the concept art and like, this is concept art for a rad freaking show. Yeah. This is the show I want to watch. I just want to watch this concept art. Like, I would buy a book of that concept art. And they deliver those scenes but man, the, the acting and the writing is so distracting to me. So I'll just throw this out. The acting and writing in this episode probably isn't any better than it's ever been. Um, And my thought about halfway through this episode was that this episode to me was a, and I'm sure they'll f- figure out a way to tie it all together because they always do. But at least at this moment, I felt like this episode was a signal from the makers of the show that they know this show sucks. Sure. Like they winked at the camera. No, they just full on said like, this show is so bad that we have to do something totally different. And you know what? Like, that's all I'm going to say. Cause I feel like I'm on the verge of like ruining sure. it. Sure. Star Trek discovery, like the first season of discovery took itself incredibly seriously. Yeah. When it was corny. Like there was a lot yeah. of corny stuff going on, but it tried to take itself deadly serious by the second season. Like there was all this, like looking at the camera sort of moments where it's like, we know what we're doing. We know this is camp. We know this is unbelievable, stupid, silly stuff wrapped up in a really slick package. But th- there was this feeling of like, they're aware of it. Yeah. And they're yeah. working with it in that direction. They're being intentional with it versus just like, no, this is excellent. This is the best. 
Star Trek there's ever been. Where like a lot of people are like, this is this is Star Wars being saved. They're saving Star Wars right now. I was like, this is this this is really poor quality, guys. No. <laughs> it's not what you think it is. It's it's the holiday special just with a <laughs> with 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 a shinier package. I don't know if it you know. I, I it has know. moments that are very holiday special. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. So I want to actually like say things about. The, you I know. know you don't want to spoil it for me, but honestly, it's not. You're, I don't care if it's spoiled for me. Spoil it. All right. Uh, this episode would have been a great ep- first episode of Mandalorian season three. Okay. There's this show is called Book of Boba Fett. There's no fucking Boba Fett in this episode. And where's the book? I'm not reading anything. Okay, well, you know what? Is there but, a book now? But li- <laughs> like, seriously, like, there is n- this episode has nothing to do with the show th- until the last like five minutes where you know he's back on Tatooine and freaking Amy Sedaris is like, oh, some lady was here looking for you, and so it's like a side story, and uh, and then uh, Boba F- or Mandalorian's like, some lady, he's like, oh. Oh crap! And then Fennec Shan drops in and is like, "So are uh, you looking for work?" And Mandalorian's like, "What?" And she's like, "I got money if you're looking for work." And and Mandalorian's like, "No, I owe I owe Boba one. I'll work for him for free." And that's how they type. So basically, they did what they've been doing in all of these Boba Fett episodes, where it's all flashbacks, right? But it was for someone else. But now it's a it's not really a flashback, but it should have been a flashback. In Mandalorian season three, not in the middle of freaking Book of Boba Fett. I don't care. I don't care that you spoil it for me. That means nothing to me. I'm going to go watch it. So it's a fine, like, it's a fine episode for another show. Sure. Anyway, that's my take. Right. Love it. Hate it. Hit me in the comments. I'll read it. I promise. (laughs) I had another hot take in my head about it, and it's it's gone now. I I don't really care. Uh, Oh, the Western thing. So everyone uses, it's a Western as a defense. Like that's supposed to mean something. Like I get that it has themes, like Western themes throughout Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I get it. But I think the people who are using that defense think that saying it's a Western means that it's good because Westerns are good. As a fan of Westerns, the vast majority of Westerns suck. Oh, yeah. They're trash. And saying it's a Western is not covering up anything about its quality. There are Westerns that are art. These shows are not the Westerns that are art. These are the Westerns <laughs> that are trash. <laughs> Sometimes they can be very fun trash, but they're not art. I'll say that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, let's do our guitar show. Yeah, uh, so this uh, guitar was sent to us. By Nick Orman. This is a vintage carbon project. We just lost more subscribers than we've ever lost because of me trashing $430. This is like a 1970s, I think, carbon. Um, and let's see, it says carbon guitar project. I believe this guitar to be from the late 70s, 80s, but I'm not entirely sure. Pickups have been changed. Uh, we are control cavity plate. Is not original. Face of the headstock is badly scratched, as you can see. Back what? of the back of the headstock has a crack that needs to be reglued. Several scratches, etc. Here and there, as you would expect. No case, but will be packed to ensure safe delivery. What happened here? So this is what's wild to me is 
is you, I looked at, I originally saw this and I looked at the pictures in the order that uh, basically in the order that you see them right here that, that I put them, that I captured them. And uh, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> smelling just out, Steve. like the Mandalorian captures all those bounties. Uh, so I'm looking at this and I go, okay, first photo, uh, $430. Like that doesn't look too bad. Close up of the pickups and whatever. Oh, that, that might be a DiMarzio. That's cool. Looks okay. Could going to have to replacement pick guards kind of going to be tricky, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, headstock, uh, Uh, headstocks. No, you know, I look at this. I'm like, ah, that's no, I look at the headstock. I'm like, what happened? Something bad happened to this guitar. Cause that's like intentional scratching. Yeah. I just feel like intentional damage. Some, someone was a jerk to this guitar, but that's, you know, I, I think I could make that. I could figure something out with that. That's fine. Have to get, get a nut back of the body. It looks pretty Very clean on the back of the body. Yeah. Yeah. Then I get to that neck break. You've really, really got to be doing something to put a neck break on a maple neck like that. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, yo, um, what happened? That's rough. And then you look at this cracking down on the neck at the 12th fret. This guitar suffered major trauma. I don't know what's going on with the... Like, the neck looks like it's just in really bad shape. Like, it's... You could fix the headstock, but looking at those cracks at, tw- at the twelfth fret, I, I seriously question the stability of this neck. Because you've got a, a a crack, we can't even see where it ends, but it begins at the like the thirteenth, fourteenth. No, that's fret. like the seventeenth fret. Well, there's there's, there's 12, two cracks. There's there's one crack that runs from like the 17th fret to the 10th fret. Let's just say that those two cracks are close enough together that we can count them as one structural problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in that case, yeah, you're running from the 17th fret to some location above the ninth fret. Right. And we don't know how far that goes, but it looks like it keeps going pretty strong. I mean, it's not in the other photo of that, the fifth fret. The, <laughs> so oh, it goes up to the seventh. So it's before the seventh. Right. <laughs> or after the seventh. Like that, those are major, two very major cracks going up the neck. And that, that edge of the fretboard looks like something terrible happened to that guitar. The body looks relatively clean. Like that body is salvageable. Yeah. Like find another neck and put it on this body for $429 for a body that's missing its original pick guard and needs its original pick guard, honestly, or some sort of new pick guard to act as a pickup ring for both the pickups. I don't know. Like, is there enough of a collector's market for seventies double cut carbons to warrant rescuing this guitar for 430 bucks plus 55 shipping 500 bucks. Let's just call it 500 bucks. I think there is not. I'm looking at reverb for what else is that on there. There's a 1977. This is a wonky hybrid of a guitar. It is a carbon <laughs> DC fifty with an with ovation a, with neck. an ovation breadwinner neck. Well, it is what is happening to carbon necks? <laughs> the carbon necks are disappearing, but their bodies are surviving. I want like what happened to this headstock? Like this looks like know. revenge to me. Like someone had anger issues. Cause that's not like oops, I dropped my guitar, or that's not even, oops, my guitar fell out of the tour van and skidded across the freeway. Yeah. That's someone... also, that's also not like uh, 
uh, oops, all marshmallows either. Right, right. Oops, all berries. Oops, all berries. (laughs) No, it's like someone hates me and they sat there with a Phillips head screwdriver and (laughs) scraped at the headstock for half an hour to show me how much they hate me. This thing is just not in good it's shape. Got, I think it's haunted. It's got bad... <laughs> it's haunted. It's got bad vibes. This has a really is bad this energy. Is you out? It has a really bad energy. I'm just saying. This is a... Here's a... This did not sell... Oh, I guess it, it, maybe it eventually sold. This is a minty looking uh, 1984 Carvin DC-150 with all the parts, all the knobs, all the switches, and a case. And a Kaler. And and a yeah, and a Kaler. And that one went for eight thirty-five. And it's a neck through. This is a bolt-on. So I I think here's one that's more similar. It says it went for a thousand dollars or best offer. I don't know. But that one's again, that one's minty. This thing, I don't know if this can be repaired. Maybe someone wants that body or they want the pickups, which is totally possible. But for 430 plus 55 shipping, just to get the pickups, I bet you can buy just the pickups off of eBay if you watch long enough. <sighs> That's rough. I th- they're gonna have to I, I honestly believe they're gonna have to lower their price to keep that guitar in the ecosystem of guitars because there's just, there's just too much going on with that neck to even consider the salvage project at this point. Do you ever think when you see something like this, you said, you know, someone's really got to want that body. Right. Do you ever think someone should just like someone's their entire really ad, that body, that ad listing should just be like the lyrics to Rod Stewart's. Do you think I'm sexy? <laughs> <laughs> if you want my body, body cause my the... neck is broken. <laughs> oh no. Come on by oh. or tell me so. Oh geez. That felt dark. Well, this has a broken neck. Talking about yeah. the guitar, Ryan. Carvin Vintage DC 150 Keanu Reeves special. Not Keanu Reeves. Christopher Reeves? Christopher now Reeves. Now it's dark. Uh, if I had not mangled uh. the joke, it would have landed really dark, and now it just feels terrible. Now it's worse. It's way worse. All right, this episode is brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. <laughs> the digital brain and analog heart. Chase Bliss makes pedals more oh, creative than you are. Why are we transferring into a sponsorship off that terrible jo- Why do we always do that? Some awful joke. You told the joke. Some awful thing I said, and then we go straight into a sponsorship. We gotta clean we gotta cleanse the palate, man. Jeez. How much would you pay for this, Ryan? <laughs> How much would you pay for just the body? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna price this off the value of the pickups and the body. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 300 max. Would you be would you consider I mean, that, I guess that bridge is kind of unique hardware too. So maybe someone is looking for that yeah. bridge. So maybe three twenty-five. Apparently, there are eight offers on this. Would you consider when you make your offer, you say, "Hey, uh, I'm willing to offer three twenty-five. Can you knock the shipping down and Keep just then just throw the neck away? Like you want the neck plate and the neck screws, but you don't need that neck. <sighs> yeah, keep the neck because I'm not going to do the work to save it. I'm gonna. I'll put a totally different neck on this. Yeah, for sure. For, I think for for three twenty five, this is a fun body and pickup setup as a project starter. And you find a neck that's got the same heel dimensions, and you're ready to go. You know. 
You could probably find a vintage carbon neck. Somewhere. I've got that neck that I've got Excuse on me. the Epiphone SL that's cased away. I've got that arrow oh, yeah, yeah. head neck. That that would look really good on yeah. this. If it fit, yeah, for sure. If it fit. I, there's got to be a neck that would fit on this. So for, yeah, 325 pickups and hardware included, keep the neck to yourself. Don't ship that. And, uh, yeah, I, I could sign off on that as being a good project starter. Uh, you feel better about this now? I feel better now. Thank you, Steve. All right, this episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. With the digital brain and analog heart, Chase Bliss, Chase Bliss makes pedals more creative than you are. And better looking. I've uh, seen you. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about the dark world lately. Yeah, the dark world is really, really fun and really, really great. It's six reverbs in one, plus all the thousands of options you can get into with the dip switches on the back. My favorite thing to do is to set the shimmer reverb to modulate between a low octave and a high octave really, really slowly. Like it just gently drifts over probably mm -hmm. like 15 to 20 seconds, like high octave shifting into low octave and then back. And then it's stacked with another reverb. So they're mixing and fusing together. And it's just really beautiful and has this nice like organic movement to it. Dark World Reverb. Go check it out. Yeah. Chase Bliss Audio. Dot. <laughs> it's on the internet. Just search for it. You don't have to put in the dot com. All right. For, uh, wrap this episode up. We got a pair of custom guitars. One was sent by Jeremy Alcott and the other one by Drew Smizer. Which one? Let's do the Drew Smizer one first. The custom star. Anytime. This is a we, two bolt neck. Anytime we cover an ad that's custom guitar, there's a really, really good possibility. It's just a piece of trash, right? Yeah. What was this? Custom Telecaster, purple slash blue. How is this a Telecaster? I think it started out as a Telecaster. It's It's got a, a pickup route that would accept a Telecaster set. Yeah. But it doesn't have a bridge. Oh, I guess it's a three-bolt neck. <laughs> yeah, at this point, someone, someone took a Telecaster body and they just started cutting at it. And at one point, they decided, I think I've cut enough. I have finished. This looks like the guitar that should be in like a gem in the holograms cover band. Yeah. It's like, a very small body at this point though. Oh, that's after we talk, after we do the ads, I want to talk to you about something else. All right. All right. Uh, they want 70 bucks plus $26 shipping. It is refinished. It's a good looking refinish. Semi decent. Like it's this got like a blue metal flake light sparkle sort of thing going on, but it yeah. looks like it was done competently. It looks not perfect, but I mean, I think you could make this work. You could turn this into a functional guitar. It's, it has the screw post for a hardtail bridge. It has the routes for pickups. It has the control cavity route for a Telecaster control plate. It would be a very, very small guitar because there's not a lot of body left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, it could be... It, it, Someone could turn this into an attractive guitar, which is weird to say. Do you think $96 is the right price? No. No. I think the the finishing work is why they landed on that price, because they probably spent weeks mm -hmm. getting it to look as good as it is. You know, how it is, home refinishing jobs. You spray a coat, you wait a couple hours. You spray a coat, you wait a couple hours, and then you give up for the day, and then you come back to it a week later. You spray a coat, wait a couple hours. So wet, this wet actually sand said, and polish, and then spray a coat, and then, you know. Yeah, this says custom cut basswood basswood star guitar body routed for Telecaster pickups. I have no idea. I, it's, you know, if I was shopping for bodies and that came up, I'd be like, I'm not shopping for this. 
but for the right price, I might give it right. a shot. But the right price is definitely not going to be that price. Like I'm going to offer fifty bucks and see what happens. You know, like it's at that point, it's you're you're offering an amount of money just to be like, we are doing a transaction here. This is a purchase. You're not giving it to me, <laughs> but I'm not. You know, I'm not spending big money on one dollar. <laughs> Let's make sure this is official. Here is currency yeah. of some amount. Uh, this other one was sent. It's $140 custom electric guitar Another custom. in Las Vegas. I don't think there are any other notes. Oh, there is some other notes. <laughs> custom electric guitar, single hum bucket, 11.2K uh, uh, volume and tone controls. Did I see what? Look at the bridge. <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's going to work there, Bob. <laughs> I have never seen that before. That you put is a Strat hardtail bridge and they installed it backwards. Like, Oops. <laughs> I do like the volume and tone knobs. The volume and tone yeah, knobs look cool. That's fun hardware. That's a fun piece of hardware. There's got a V with, with arrows going around and a T with arrows. Everything going around. else about this is bad. It's, they took they took a, a strat or a telecaster shape and they tried to carve it down into an or it's like it like if a V didn't have wings it's you know it's a flying a <laughs> but short it's really short like it, it is is it is a canoe paddle that's yeah. all it is I do kind of like the pairing with the uh flying V headstock though I'm a mm-hmm. fan of that or the marauder headstock or whatever model guitar that came off of I'm assuming it's not a real Gibson headstock, not a real Gibson neck. It's I some, hope so. Some sort of part. Ryan, this was a, this was custom designed. Okay. Yes, so designed. Give him some credit. Definitely not just cut out of an existing body shape. The pit guard is is yeah. wavy. Is it an accident. That you know, there's there's wavy lays. Mm-hmm. There's ruffles the chips, and you know, you get a normal chip, and you're like, oh, here's a great, here's a you know, this chip is perfect. For, you know, like taking a photo of a chip and like, here's a good example of like a really good potato chip. This pit guard is the green and brown chip you found at the bottom <laughs> of the bag. And I was like, it's, I don't know if I even want to eat it. You know? <laughs> this is wavy in a way that a pit guard's not supposed to be wavy. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan. This was not designed. It was just, it was put together. It just happened. shipping. No, this is a giveaway. No, you hand this to someone and say, I'm done. You, you can try, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of jokes, you know, about what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. This guitar should stay in Vegas. This guitar should (laughs) definitely stay in Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us about the song. We'll get out here. uh, What I was going to, Tell you was uh, before we get. You know what? Let's play the song first, and then sure, we'll, sure. We'll, tell me about it later. Tell you about it. Uh, this is sent by Coach Schneider. He says, "Since I was able to retire to Nashville on all the money I made being Ryan's personal electrician, I've joined a band. This is Night Tides, the brainchild of your friend and mine, Ryan Poole. This is the newest single. I wish I could tell you all the gear stats, but I don't know them all. But I do know I recorded." The bass with my first generation PV Fury through a Kemper. That's the bass that got me to chase down a PV Fury. Um, or not the PV Fury, sorry, the PV, um, the T20. Yeah, there you go. I knew that wasn't which right, became, but I couldn't which, remember what it was. But that pickup install became the Fury. Sure, sure. Uh, 
And we used a preset that is actually like a Fender Deluxe One, I think. Uh, the stream it's streaming at all of the places as of January 2022. That's where we are now, January 2022. So this song is Night Tides. It's called Time. I gotta accept some cookies, and then I gotta continue the website, and then I gotta push play. He's got vacant green eyeballs Catch him at the sidewalk His face in his hands Yeah, he ain't gave a damn in forever And he watches the others And sometimes he wonders When is it
Man, that goes places. That was cool. Jeez, the production on that Ryan Poole. Holy hell, dude. I knew you were good, but that was that was amazing. Jeez. I mean, uh, some really heavy classic influences floating around in there. Like yeah. it's like got this strong period piece kind of vibe, but it kind of shifts from like a 60s period piece to like a 70s period piece and a little bit of 80s mixed in yeah, there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. There's a lot going on there. You should be proud, Ryan. That was a, that was a good track. Um it was kind of making me want to go listen to a band that I listened to a lot in the late 90s, early 2000s. It kind of had a similar vibe. I think it was the 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 style of the vocals too was lending a lot to it, but there was a band called Owsley. Oh yeah, you talked about uh, them. Uh Owsley was the uh the touring guitarist for Shania Twain, I think. Oh weird. And he, you know, he came out and he did his own album and it was like this really fun kind of like alternative power pop kind of rock sort of thing that's that was that was a really great album. Wait, had a does couple, that mean he's Canadian? Had a couple a. songs that got some radio play on it. But look up Owsley if you guys liked that. I think it in in my mind it travels in a similar 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 <laughs> kind of like vibe. Was I just saying similar? What is that? All right. So what what else did you want to say, Steve? Before we end uh, the show, we don't. I mean, we can. Well, whatever. All right. Uh, I've been watching Smash. Oh, you've been watching Smash. And I I don't know. Maybe you realize this. Smash is just like eight hours of Saturday Night Live. Saturday morning action. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an eight hour long Saturday Night Live sketch. I know, <laughs> but it's it's Kyle Mooney who is like probably at least on the show is the most avant-garde of them. Oh, okay. So it's off the rails in a very cut. Right. I like no, it. No, I think it's done very well. Yeah. Have you watched the whole thing or just most of it? No, I think I have. I think I'm on the last episode. Oh, okay. So, you know, to not say shut up. Oh, yeah. Thank you for not saying shut up this episode, Steve. Yeah. All right. Bye, so, everyone. It's very mean. Stay grounded. Don't say shut up and stay grounded. <laughs>